I want to tell you how I became a mom. In the fall of 2012, I completed a series of fertility tests. The last procedure was almost six years ago to the day, and it was painful and invasive, and the man I was married to made inappropriate jokes, which is what he would do when he was uncomfortable. A few days later, the doctors called me and said that I should not risk pregnancy. And being told that I shouldn't hurt more than being told that I couldn't. Winter was coming, and with it, the snow and the darkness, and I stumbled into a deep depression. And meanwhile, my best friend was pregnant, and I tried to find catharsis in supporting her through her pregnancy. And it was one of those things where you fake it till you make it, and somehow, around winter solstice, I started to see the light. And I worked with my mom to make the bedding and all of the decorations for my friend's son's nursery. We picked out material that was blue and orange with little owls on it, and we made a quilt and a curtain and a dust ruffle for the nursery, uh, excuse me, for the crib. And I worked with my friend's mother-in-law to throw a baby shower. And I picked out the invitations and I addressed each envelope by hand. And my friend got almost everything she needed off of that registry, except for a changing table. When she was 38 weeks pregnant, she asked me to go with her to Babies R Us. She was gonna get one. And as we walked back to the furniture section, we had to pass the clothing. And I saw a little gray and white striped onesie with a red crab sewn across the bottom. And I said to my friend, if I ever have a son, I'd want him to have that. And of course, she knew my fertility challenges, and she knew I hardly ever talked about having children. So she was surprised, and she smiled, and she said, Sarah, you have to get it. You have to. It's going to happen. And I shook my head no. The next day, my husband and I went to church for the first time in almost a decade. We decided to go to St. Mary's Episcopal because we'd heard it was a welcoming community. We went back the second week, feeling proud of ourselves, having gone to church twice in a row. And as we walked into the sanctuary, I saw a woman who appeared to be a grandmother holding an infant in a gray and white striped onesie with a red crab on it. And I nudged my husband and whispered, that's the outfit I was telling you about. And he looked around and noted that there didn't seem to be a mother nearby. As the liturgy happened, I tried not to stare at that baby. And luckily, the way the sanctuary is positioned, the Chugach Mountains provide the backdrop. And the sun was coming over them, and the snow was melting. And I tried to get lost in that beautiful landscape. And at the end of the service, the reverend was standing there giving announcements. And he called up the woman holding the baby. And she came to the front holding the child in such a way that the little red crab stared out at everybody in the congregation. And he said, most of you know this woman, and many of you know her daughter's situation, but what you may not know is this baby needs a home and he needs it by Thursday. If there's anyone here who's interested in adopting him, will you let us know? And tears began to stream down my face. And I didn't want to make a sound because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. I didn't know anyone there, and I never thought my husband would do something that spontaneous. And then I felt a hand on my lap, and I looked over. 
and my husband had tears in his eyes too, and he whispered to me, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And I guess we figured we had nothing to lose. So at the end of that service, we introduced ourselves, and he asked to hold the baby, but I was too afraid to touch him. And we gave them our phone number and left to go on a hike at Hatcher's Pass. And on the way home, my phone rang, and they wanted to interview us that evening. And I'd be lying if I told you we didn't start speeding. (laughs) And we got home and changed out of our hiking clothes and began vacuuming and making cookies and putting on coffee and doing... All the things adoptive families are notorious for doing to convince a birth family to give them their baby. And at last there was a knock on my door. And the birth mother and the grandmother and the infant stood there. And we invited them into our home and they sat in the wingback chairs in my living room. And my husband and I sat on the couch across from them. And I remember that the birth mom nursed and they wanted to know about who we were and what my educational background was. And I told her that I have a master's degree in English and the birth mom lit up. Apparently she loved storytelling. And she told me that Senator Murkowski had given her a congressional honor for being the youngest award-winning storyteller in the history of the United States. And they left that day without giving us any promises whether they would pick us as the adoptive family. And I don't have to tell you that I couldn't sleep that night. The next morning, my husband left for work, and I stood at the sink brushing my teeth, and my phone began ringing, and I knew it was a grandmother because I'd already programmed her into my contacts. (laughs) And so I hurried to spit the toothpaste out and answer it, and I began pacing around my bedroom, and she wanted to make small talk, and I wanted an answer. And at last, she told me that they had picked us as the adoptive family. Two days later, that little boy moved into my home, and he's never left. Five years ago yesterday marks the anniversary of our adoption, and he became my son, and I became his mom. And a lot's changed in our life since then. But through it all, my son's birth mother has reiterated to me how much she values stories, In fact, when she was eight years old, she stood on this very stage here in the Discovery Theater to tell a story of her own. And I've been told she came out with a red scarf around her neck and she grabbed the mic and tapped it and said, is this thing on? (laughs) And I think she's a lot braver than me. She's inspired me to tell my stories. I think she's even compelled me to tell my stories because I feel like I owe it to her and to our child. And so just like with my motherhood, she is the reason that I'm standing here today. Thank you.